Well, thank you, Heather. That was uh, quite the introduction. I still haven't paid for the broken phone from all those years ago. Hopefully, Kevin Kirk's not here because he might hit me up for the money. Uh, oh, there he's right there. Oh. <laughs> Uh, so glad to be here today, uh, honored to be here. Uh, we read a few verses ahead of time today, um, but I just want to dive right in. So I've spent most of my adult life so far uh, working in local churches, and I know that not everyone here today uh, is going to have that honor and that privilege, but I've spent most of that in that environment. And um, in fact, when people in most places come and have me speak, they want to talk about that, but we're not going to talk about those things today, which is a good thing. Uh, but, you know, on that side of the environment, I'm going to, I want to brag about something that has happened uh, in my leadership to give you context. Today we're talking about retreat. We're talking about this idea of maybe God wants you to push pause and actually to literally get away. And that God, I think, may want to use that in your life to drive something deep in your life. Uh, and I can say that, that really most of my adult life, I have spent a lot of time, effort, and energy uh, not in retreat. In fact, actually, I've been maybe a little bit of a workaholic, and, and I've fallen into that category of leader that, that, that finds themselves being you know, biased towards action. And, and in fact, uh, over most of my career, I've, I've spent most of my time in church planting or really on the multi-site church side, if you're familiar with that, helping churches start new locations and have started 13 individual campuses. And this is the part that's just, it's going to sound like a second, and I apologize that I'm bragging I'm not, but it's to prove a, a bigger point. So during that time, recruited 1,500 volunteers, and today that, those campuses account for about 9,000 people every weekend. Now, the only way that that happens is if someone is a little bit obsessed with getting things done. And so I want to speak particularly to those people today that, that maybe when you think about spiritual disciplines... You think, you know what, I, I, I have a bias for action. You may find yourself here today and say, I'm the kind of person that wants to see things uh, happen in life. Because I think that you and I have something to learn about retreat. You and I have something to learn about hitting a pause button and asking the Lord, Lord, what is it that you want to do in my life? I, I know there's some people here today that are really, are, there's the contemplatives among us. And, and, and this is going to leave you wanting for more because you're already practicing this. So today I want to particularly speak for those people who right now are, are, are listening and their email is piling up. The, the, the stuff that they've got to write is, is just getting longer and longer. I want to speak to you particularly. You know, early in my ministry career, early in my life, I, if I'm honest, and this is probably the kind of thing I shouldn't admit in front of such great uh, people, is that I uh, took a certain amount of pride in what I got done. I prided myself with being the person that was first in and last out. Literally, I, I remember early on in, in my career, literally thinking, man, I want to get, I want to find out when the first person arrives and I want to arrive like 15 minutes before that person. And then I want to stay until the end of the day when it's just me and the janitor left at the end of the day. Uh, you know, I, I found myself obsessed with vi visible output. I found myself saying, hey, I only am valuable uh, to the people around me. And, and if I'm honest, I probably thought I was only valuable to God uh, when uh, things were happening in my area. But, you know, as I got older, three things started to happen. You know, my physical limitations started to, 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 to lean in. 
you know, the 40s, and in the 40s, 4 a.m. doesn't look as fun anymore. You know, I see my daughter who's in university, she's currently studying at McMaster, and I'm like, I wish I had that energy to be able to stay up, uh, you know, all that time like I used to be able to. You know, I couldn't sustain the long energy burst anymore. I, I felt like my ministry lacked something. It lacked God's touch. It was too explainable. It made too much sense. I'm assuming since you're choosing to study at such an incredible school, I'm assuming that that regardless of what you're studying here, that you're choosing to orient your life towards transformation. That you're saying, I want to be a part of a generation of people that makes a difference. I want to be a part of, regardless of where I choose to work, whether it's in the marketplace or whether it's in vocational ministry, whether it's in teaching, whatever it is that you're choosing to do, you're choosing to say, hey, I want to be the kind of person that sees something different happen in our generation. But my question for you and for me, today is although we want to see transformation happen around us, are we being transformed? If we're stuck in the same place where we were a year ago, we're not moving forward. We're not being transformed. If we look back and say, wow, 2019 was very similar to 2018. Maybe I'm missing something. You and I are designed to grow and to change, to develop. And spiritual rhythms, as we've been talking through this whole series, are a key part of that. We see these rhythms in the world around us. A part of what I love being a part of the ministry that I'm a part of, Camp Minioe, is, you know, we're outdoors all the time. And, and we see the same thing in four different seasons. It's amazing how different it looks. Even just take the lake, for instance. If you haven't had the honor and privilege to see a lake through many seasons, you only see it in the summertime, which I understand why. Muskoka is a beautiful place in the summertime. Uh, but, I, but I tell you, that's actually not my favorite time of year at the lake. Actually, my favorite time of year just passed. It's in that late fall as snow starts to fall and there's, there, uh, everything is white around, but the lake is not frozen yet. It's black. It almost looks like steel. But then in the springtime, things start to thaw and open up and there's that vibrant green that only happens literally for three or four days every spring. And then, and then the summertime comes, which then all of you who come to Muskoka in the summertime, you're, you're aware of what that looks like. God has literally baked in this idea of rhythm into our lives. My question for you is how are you leveraging those rhythms in your life? I have this sitting on my desk at home. It's actually on the kind of bookcase behind me. And it is, uh, it's literally some stream, it's stream water. It's literally, I scooped it out of a stream a, a number of years ago. And it sits on my desk. And over time, what happens is it settles out. So actually, this morning when I left, it's so clear, it's almost like you can drink it. But when I first took it, when I first, uh, you know, pulled it out of the stream, it looked like this. It looked, you know, very uh, murky and you couldn't really see things through it at all. Now, if, I got, if I'm honest, I sometimes feel like this is my life. It's, it's very murky. I can't see clearly. I can't hear the Lord clearly. I, I don't necessarily know where he wants me to go next. And what that jar reminds me of is when I stop and settle, stop and, and allow things to slow down, that I can see more clearly that I can see where God wants me to step next. 
That brings us to the verses we were talking about earlier today. They're in Hebrews 4, if you've got your Bible. I just want to walk through these clearly, no doubt, verses that you've heard before. But I want us to actually think about them for a first time today. Try to, try to uh, pull yourself back and hear these for the first time. And, and hear actually what, what kind of incredible truth God unpacks here. In Hebrews 4, verse 1, it says, God's promise of entering his hand, his rest still stands. So we ought to... Tremble with fear that some of you may fail to experience this rest. Tremble with fear. Who, who knew that when you talk about taking time off, unplugging, Sabbath, that actually this writer would say that, you know what, if you aren't doing that, you should be trembling with fear. Taking a day off is on the same list in the Old Testament as don't kill someone. It's a big deal to God. It's, it's not... It's not this minor point. It's not a small deal. You and I should approach this idea of rest, this idea of Sabbath with fear. Saying, hey, Lord, what if, if that's not a part of, of my regime, maybe I am missing out. Continuing on, as Heather re- re- read, uh, Hebrews 4.4 4 actually, uh, we know it is ready because of the place in Scripture where it mentions the seventh day. On the seventh day... God rested from all his work. Stop and think about that for a minute. God rested. What, what a crazy idea. This idea that, that God worked hard for seven days and then unplugged and said, hey, I need to slow down. My question for you as you start off this new year is have you built that rhythm into your life? Have you, have you built an unplug, a Sabbath rhythm into your life? Continuing on in verse 10. For we all have entered into God's rest, or for all who have entered into God's rest, have rested from their labor just as God did after creating the world. This points to a bigger reality, a rest that transcends. And then in verse 11. Let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fail. And it was this verse that jumped out to me when I thought about this whole idea of of rest and retreat. For people, and this is spoken to the the biased-oriented, the bias-for-action-oriented people in the room. This, This verse, verse 11, it says... We will fail if we do not rest. That's literally what it's saying. There's a formula here. If you don't rest, you will fail. If there's an area of your life today that if you're completely honest, you feel like this just is not working. This is not moving forward. I, I, in fact, this, this, this area is just not a thriving how I would hope it would thrive. Maybe the point is that you're not resting, that, that you're not disconnecting. Sabbath rest is one of those areas that we all know about, but that we all disobey. It's one of those areas that, that frankly, it's, it's like overeating, where we're like, gluttony, I don't want to talk about that. I'd rather just go for lunch. Um, you know, we, we don't want to really talk about this. It's an area of willful disobedience. When people say to me, like, hey, I, don't, I, don't, I can't imagine being in willful disobedience. For me, it's very easy because I come back to this idea of unplugging and how God has called us to do that. In fact, actually the rhythm of being in school could teach us some negative patterns that if we don't unplug over time could have a harmful effect on us long term. 
One of the things, we, uh, we lived in New Jersey for years, the better part of a decade, loved it. There was a lot of things I liked about New Jersey. This was, we were in the Manhattan-facing suburbs of New Jersey, so northern New Jersey. This joke used to make sense that I'm about to make. It doesn't make sense as much anymore. You know, we're trying to, we were trying to reach the Sopranos. Um, there's a few people that know that television show from years ago. I appreciate George knows it. That's a good thing. Um, and, you know, one of the things I, I, one of the things I loved was we, we, our, a bunch of our campuses were at hotels. And uh, every once in a while, we would end up in a, I would, I would be there on a Friday or into a Saturday. And uh, there was a, a large Hasidic Jew population in uh, our particular part of, of, um, of New Jersey. And one of the things that I loved was that the hotel attempted to accommodate uh, our, uh, our friends as much as possible. And actually on Fridays, uh, you would go, and you've seen this, no doubt, um, you know, the, we would end up, the, the, the um, elevators would go into Sabbath mode, where literally they just stop at every, um, you know, level going up. Now, the problem with that is whenever I would end up there, um, usually it was because I was going to meet with the manager, the general manager, and, and the general manager has a, 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 um, a meeting room on the 13th floor. Well, it's not actually the 13th, it's the 14th floor, right? Um, and we, literally, I would have to stand and wait for every elevator stop as we went up. Now, that's a little frustrating, right? There's a part of me that was like, gosh, this is, can't we just jump? Where's the jump the queue thing? But actually in that, uh, you know, the, the thing that that reminded me every Friday when I was in there was it, it pointed me back to how a part of what God has called us to do is to come apart, to slow down, and to listen. Elements of Sabbath, which I think are, um, are accentuated when it comes to this idea of retreat, are three things. First of all, there's this idea of separation, this idea of not working. You know, that's becoming increasingly difficult. Uh, in our day. You and I know that the phones that are sitting in our pockets right now that are screaming at us, that are saying there's something more interesting than this guy, which is true. Uh, There's something more interesting than what's going on in front of us. Those phones, getting away from those phones for a day, for a week, and asking the Lord, Lord, what is it that you want to do in my life? This idea of recreation, this idea of literally not just separating, but actually looking for ways to reconnect with God. And then ultimately uh, to find connection with him through worship, through teaching. What is the rhythm of retreat in your life? Years ago, um, and it's a, it's a bit ironic actually now that I'm serving at Camp Minioi, uh, I came to a, a fork in the road in my ministry. I came to a fork in, my, in the road where, where I said, I'm just not sure what, what to go, where to go next. I'm not sure what that step looks like. And it was actually uh, taking a, a time away, actually literally retreating out of my everyday and saying, hey, I want to, uh, and actually ended up at Camp Minioi. I called our uh, executive director at that time and said, hey, I would love to come and just spend 24 hours in total silence and uh, just walking the property and listening for the Lord. And it was actually there one of the few times in my life where I can say the Lord spoke so clearly, spoke so clearly to me. And actually it was because of that that ended up, it really set the kind of pace for another decade of leadership and really a decade in our lives. In a hyper-connected world, you and I need to find places to get away. You and I need to find places where we can uh, reconnect, to change pace, to get away, to retreat. Three questions I want to kind of end with today as we think about this idea of retreat and what place it might have uh, in your, uh, your world. First of all, when we think about the idea of rest, when we think about the idea of, of retreat, uh, we think about the idea of Sabbath, 
the question I want to ask you is, do you overvalue tired leaders? Do, do you look at people in your life who are like tired and say, wow, they might be like, they're like super spiritual. They're, they're like getting a lot done in life. Do, 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 you, do you value people in your life who just always seem to be busy? And when you ask them how they're doing, they're just always, you know these people, right? Busy, busy. Oh, I'm just, I'm just very busy. Lots of busy, busyness. Because actually, that them being busy could just be a, sh- a sign of willful disobedience. In fact, actually, that's what it says here in Hebrews 4. So that's one question. Uh, the second area, are we failing at rest and we don't even know it? Are, are, are there areas of your personal life where you would say, I'm not living how I think God wants me to live. I, I'm, not, I'm not moving in the direction that I think God wants me to go. Maybe wh- the reason why that is is because you aren't unplugging. Maybe because that reason is because you aren't finding a place to Sabbath, to rest. And then finally, thirdly, we live in a, in a dangerously busy world. Uh, we, we live in, in a world that is obsessed with the hustle, is obsessed with, um, you know, kind of what we can accomplish. We're lived in a world that is obsessed with the treadmill. In a world that has that addiction, are, is your leadership and the ministries that you're leading and the organizations that you're leading, are you just perpetuating that addiction? How, at some point, you're going to find yourself as the most powerful person in the room. All of you are going to come at some point where you're going to lead a team. You're going to lead a group of people. And the question will be at that moment, will you choose to use your leadership to point people back to a lifestyle of rest, a lifestyle of Sabbath, or will you perpetuate this dangerous idea? As we head into 2020, my challenge for you, before you leave today, before we get into the busyness of this whole year, is to say, at what point in this year will I pull back? At what point in this year will I plan time to to disengage, to literally flee from the busyness of my schedule, to find clarity, to find uh, a chance to hear from the Lord in those moments of rest? I'd love to pray for us as we finish up today. Dear Lord, I thank you for uh, this incredible group of leaders. Lord, I'm so honored that uh, you continue to use this school for decades to train people uh, to go make a difference, to be in the transformation business, whether uh, it's in vocational ministry, whether it's in other you know, fields, whether it's um, in teaching, whether it's in government and business. Lord, uh, I thank you for the heritage that this school has. Lord, as we look into this coming year, I pray that you will point to us areas where we need to live the rhythm of rest, live the rhythm of retreat. Lord, help us find time, even this month, to leave all of this behind. And to hear you more clearly. To seek clarity through settling. To allow our souls to settle before you. Lord, I pray as we 
uh, go into the rest of this week. That you'll draw us close to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks, friends. Have a great rest of the day doing whatever it is you're doing. Thank you.